stuff is going to get thrown at you. Like life is going to throw you lemons. And I think that if you can have yourself mental wise, like a positive self-talk and then surround yourself by positive people, you will enjoy life much more. And lastly, just to end that is that life is short and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't say that like the farthest from a scare tactic. It's more like enjoy the day that you have. Try to be positive and enjoy that day because life is short. Glazing Grid Podcast was founded on the idea of shattering success perceptions and showcasing authenticity at its core. I wanted to learn more about the real story behind people's journeys with a focus starting in my own community of Fargo, North Dakota. What emerges through these candid conversations is honesty, strength, and courage with the ripple effect of connection and community. It all starts with a conversation, an honest one. I'm Jesse Winorovich, and this is Glazing Grit. On today's episode, I am so encouraged for you to hear more about our guest. Her heartfelt journey is filled with courage, love, and loss. She is an internal wholesaler with Midland National Life Insurance and is passionate about giving back to the community, including organizations such as Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. We dive deep where she shares how she learned to shovel cards in the state penitentiary to receiving a life-changing diagnosis at the age of 23. Here's April Stastny. Thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's my, my privilege. April, you grew up in Bismarck, North Dakota. You attended Bismarck State College before enrolling at NDSU in North Dakota State University. And in 2007, while at NDSU, you had a pretty incredible experience. What did you do? Yeah, I enrolled in a study abroad program. I enrolled in the MCTS, so it was Maastricht Center for Transatlantic Studies, and that was in Maastricht, the Netherlands. I just enrolled by myself, did not enroll with anyone else, and then once I got over in the Netherlands, there was actually a group of five of us that were all from NDSU, the best experience of my life. Was it nerve-wracking for you to decide to do that for a semester and, and go solo? The plan or the program was already put together, right? Like they were like, you're going here, you need to book your flight, but then kind of gave you like a crash course on like being abroad. And so it really helped calm, you know, any overwhelming feelings having had that partnership through the college. But yeah, it's still nervous going to another country by myself while I'm at college. But I had a huge support, especially my mom was, I mean, she was always, my biggest fan. So she had just my back and was so excited. And she she visited me over there. I would recommend to anybody if you have the opportunity, especially before like you have you're married and with kids and it's just harder, take that opportunity to study abroad and learn a, a different culture than your own because it's it's phenomenal. At NDSU you majored in speech communications. How has that degree helped you in your career aspirations? Yeah, it's a great question. One, for anybody who knows me, I love to talk. I think initially I, I had thought that I wanted to do like speech pathology. 
But then when I graduated with speech communications degree, it's interesting my path and what's led me to where I'm at now. You know, I work as an internal wholesaler in the sales and marketing department for Midland National. I feel like there isn't a job that you can't benefit from the speech communications degree and what it's taught me. I just, I love to talk. I'll I'll talk to anybody, anytime, anywhere. (laughs) So you currently live in Moorhead, Minnesota and mom to two boys. Your journey began in Bismarck. Can you share what life was like in those early years? Yeah, absolutely. I love Bismarck. And I I did a little bit of um, moving around when I was younger. My mom was a single mom when she had me. She got pregnant at 17 and had me when she was 18. And then throughout my life was a single mom. And so we lived in Mandan when I was born. And then we moved to Minot, North Dakota when I was in second and third grade so that my mom could pursue her teaching degree at Minot State. And then we moved back to Bismarck for a couple of years. Then she accepted a teaching position in Regan, North Dakota. I'm like, I have to remember. Yeah, Regan, North Dakota. (laughs) The population was 50. My mom and I made the population 52. We were there just one year when I was in seventh grade. And then we moved back to Bismarck and then did one year at Bismarck State College. My dad, my biological uh, father, was in and out of my life. When I was born, my dad came to visit me in the hospital in handcuffs, accompanied by two police officers. And then throughout me growing up in in Mandan Bismarck, I would visit him with my grandma at the Bismarck State Penitentiary. I learned to shuffle cards there. They would always play cards, obviously. And I mean, it wasn't out of the ordinary. But now I'm so happy to say that, that I have a stepdad who's been in my life since I've been 16. And he has been a phenomenal, I mean, he just has been the best person. And so my dad was in and out of my life and still kind of is. I still just, I feel like got somewhat of that male figure from my grandpa. And then once I was 16 from my stepdad. What is your favorite card game? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've been lately playing a lot of um, P&A if you know what that is from college, but I don't want to say it because I don't know if you can swear. (laughs) Um, but anyways, but besides that, okay, but my favorite game is is the card game Rummy. And I grew yeah. up playing that and I, I, I learned that a long time ago. So I'll, we'll, we'll go with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Gin Rummy is maybe that's yeah. your and my next get together is we'll have a glass For of sure. wine and play some Rummy. <laughs> rummy night. Oh, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at 23, mm-hmm. you experienced a traumatic and life-changing event. What happened? I met my current husband at NDSU. James and I got engaged. While we were engaged, we started working out at the gym, just to like get in shape, prepare, you know, for the wedding. Nothing crazy. Like I was doing seriously the treadmill or the elliptical. And then I ended up losing like 13 pounds. And then I was drinking just a ton of water. And because I was drinking all that water, I was going to the bathroom all the time. Well, again, this is why my quote, I'm like, you don't always know why things happen the way that they do, but it just, you know, in my head, it was a coincidence that it's just like, wow, we're, we're working out like a lot, 13 pounds. I'm drinking all this water, which to be honest, I'm not working out that hard. But in that same time, I had just accepted a job, brought me into the life insurance industry. And so I got full benefit. So I got full benefit. So I was like, you know, I should go get a physical, right? I should go see my doctor. She's like, oh, how, how are things going and this and that? And I said, great. I said, but it is kind of interesting. I've been working out not that 
hardcore, but I've lost 13 pounds. I'm drinking all this water all the time. I'm going to the bathroom all the time. Well, those are three key primary number one, two, and three symptoms of diabetes. And so when I said those three things, she said, oh, April, she goes, I'm going to, we need to check your blood sugar. And I was like, what is that? What do you mean? And so she did prick my finger. We tested my blood sugar. It was very high. So then we did blood work. My blood sugar was 890. A normal blood sugar should be between 80 and 110. I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 23, and I'm now age 35. There's my life before diabetes and my life now. Like, there is no break. Every single thing I do in my life is directly impacted and has an effect on my diabetes. I did decide to be really proactive, like I'm going to research more about the disease. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to take care of myself. So I will say that I give myself a pat on the back because I do take good, good care of myself. Um, but I also have an amazing support system and a support team that helps me as well. And you have been in the spotlight a number of times. When I got diagnosed, I mean, right away, I wanted to know what support groups I could be involved in, what organizations in town I could be involved in. I initially, I was at Essentia and I had a really good uh, endocrinologist and I asked her what support groups were available. And at the time, every other Tuesday at two o'clock was like a support group and it was really geared towards type two. So I was like, okay, well, one, I work (laughs) two, I'm not type two diabetic. Three, I think it was kind of geared towards older people. So I was like, that that doesn't help me. I wanted to put together like a support group for younger people or for type 1 diabetics to connect and just to so you didn't feel alone. But then I also, I got involved with the American Diabetes Association and I did a couple of their walks and I was on their volunteer committee. And then the JDRF, which is Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, And when the JDRF came to town, I really got involved with them. The JDRF is specifically formed and for the reason of finding a cure for type one. So for the past couple of years, I've uh, did fundraising for them. I had asked my company, which I'll give a shout out to Midland National and our parent company, Salmon's Financial Group. Every year I ask them for a charitable donation and they have donated $20,000 every year. And I've met so many great people and like specifically understand like the everyday struggles, you know, of type one diabetes. I've met so many great people through being involved and, and yeah, creating awareness and type one diabetes can happen to anybody basically. Wow. Thank you for your work. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for asking me and and hosting me because I want to spread more awareness. So I appreciate that. April, I want to transition to another moment in your life that for so many words can just fall short. Your mom was your best friend. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about your mom? So my mom was a single mom um, growing up with me, my best friend. Gosh, talk about your number one supporter and number one cheerleader and someone who you could just go to for anything and like help me become the person I am and to take on going back to college to get her teaching degree when you have a second grader. And we didn't grow up with a lot of money. And she was just such an amazing, incredible woman. And she also liked to talk to anybody, anywhere, anytime. So I get that from her. I lost my mom five years ago to suicide. That word is still hard for me to say, right? The word suicide. What I've learned in the past five years in going through grief 
of losing someone to suicide is that we don't need to be ashamed or a negative stigma. I think we just need to, again, kind of like type one diabetes is create more awareness. Something that I've learned in the last five years and going to suicide support groups. So one word of advice, we really don't like to use the word committed suicide because you associate the word commit to a crime, right? So that's why, you know, I, I tend to say that I lost my mom due to suicide. She dealt with depression and anxiety her whole life. I deal with anxiety in, in my life. And I think there's just this big, huge gap and hole in mental illness. I almost want to say like, you know, some people die from a brain tumor. You know, my mom passed away due to cancer of her heart or, or cancer of her brain, you know, and there's just, there's a lot that goes into that, but yeah, that's been probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. My mom loved hot air balloons. Just, she had a hot air balloon tattoo and she just loved hot air balloons. We were out at the lake and Ross, my stepdad was out at the lake with us and he still lives in Bismarck. So he had come out to Fargo and we went out to our lake and we look up what's in the sky, two hot air balloons. It just gives you goosebumps. So whatever you believe in, whether it's a higher power or it's God or it's a coincidence or whatever you want to believe in, I sincerely believe that that was like somehow a sign or like a April, like I'm, I'm watching over you. Like I know that my mom didn't do that to me. My mom was in a lot of pain. It gives me some peace knowing that she's not in pain or suffering anymore. It doesn't take away the huge amount of loss and hole in my heart I feel from her not being here on earth with me, but it does provide some peace knowing that she's in a good place. Grief will never go away. Like, I don't think it'll ever lessen, to be honest. I, you know, the bigger the love, the bigger the pain. But I do think it goes in waves. And that one quote that I shared with you um, that I think that you'll post on the website is that we may not know the reason why things happen. I don't know the reason or what good, quote, good could come from losing my mom due to suicide. But I do feel that things do happen for some sort of a reason, even if we don't ever find out what that reason is. She sounds like such an incredible woman. I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank you for sharing. April, who inspires you? So many people inspire me. I think there's a lot of women in my life that have inspired me. Brianna and Lacey have inspired me. When, when you talk about like, just like empowering women and empowering your other mom friends, right? Or any woman who is just such a hard worker and just dedicated and has this, I don't know, enthusiasm for life and, and bringing support like Lacey and Brianna just have this way of like bringing you into this circle and like life is messy but yet it's cool and it's awesome too. Yeah. Like, and like you can enjoy it and surround yourself by good people. I mean, I did have my mom in my life for a long time and, and she inspired me. And I, I mean, she still does. And best friends, Amanda and Melissa and Carrie, they inspire me. So I just, I have a lot of incredible women in my life that inspire me. What is a piece of advice that you would like to share? There's so many good things out there, but if I'm Speaking honest, right, and just like what comes to me, I feel like it's just creating your life, like creating an environment where you surround yourself by positive people, you have a positive self-talk, and if you do that, I think that you will just enjoy life more. 
And the reason why I say that is because, you know, I deal with anxiety and talk about it all the time. I'm open to talk to anybody about it. I just think with today's society and social media and being a mom and and life being complicated and messy, it's just stuff is going to get thrown at you. Like life is going to throw you lemons. And I think that if you can have yourself like mental wise, like a positive self-talk and then surround yourself by positive people, you will enjoy life much more. And lastly, just to end that is that life is short and you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And I don't say that like the farthest from a scare tactic. It's more like enjoy the day that you have. Try to be positive and enjoy that day because life is short. April, what are you looking forward to in the coming months and years? Well, I look forward to the lake every single weekend. (laughs) There is a group of ladies out at the lake that we have formed a really special bond. In the coming years, I just, I look forward to enjoying life as much as I can, trying to keep the negativity out and, and keep the positivity in, watching my kids grow, you know, working for the amazing company that I work for and continuing that and just enjoying life as much as you can. Before you go, I have a lightning round of questions I want to ask you to end off, if that's okay. Okay, perfect. All right. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Road trip or plane ride? Oh, can I do both? Ah. <laughs> ah, let's do plane ride. I can't do plane ride. <laughs> Tacos or pizza? Oh, my two favorites. Huh. You know, to be honest, okay, sorry, I know you said lightning round, but pizza <laughs> is my absolute favorite and it's really hard for a diabetic because it just does not work great. I've come to love tacos more just because they're easier for me to manage with my diabetes. I'll go tacos. <laughs> Tent or hotel? <laughs> hotel. Flats or heels? Heels. Peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. All right, that ended. <laughs> ah, I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your journey. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I just, I really thank you lovely ladies who created this podcast. Like number one, obviously it's local, which is amazing, but I just think it's so great what you're doing and and just sharing people's real life stories. And it's just, it was such a privilege. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks. It's been fun. If you would like to learn more about Glazing Grit and the incredible community leaders that are highlighted on the show, join the conversation where you listen to your podcasts and please subscribe, rate, and share. You can also follow the Glazing Grit journey on glazinggritpodcast.com. I'm Jesse Winorovich, and thanks for listening to this episode. Talk to you soon.